This is fun. Uh, my name is Kristen, and I am on staff with Basic through Nazareth Lutheran Church. My name is Amanda, and I'm on staff here at Orchard uh, on the student ministry worship side of things and also other things. So many things. She does so many things. And tonight we're doing something a little bit different. As you can see, we're doing a co-teaching. And we don't do these very often at BASIC, um, but we're just so excited to try something new. And so tonight is our third and final week in this series that we've been calling Yes And. And in this series, we've been exploring the question of what does it mean to live a life where yes, there is hardship and joy is here too. And so if you've missed the first couple weeks of the series, I really encourage you to check out our basic podcast, uh, which is on Spotify, anywhere you can find a podcast, you can find the basic podcast. They're working on getting the slides. I might wait a hot second. I believe in you because they're helpful for tonight's teaching. This is me sweating. <laughs> Guys, I reek tonight. <laughs> You got it, or do you need, do you need me? You don't have anything. Okay. Um, so Dan's got it. Dan, 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 Dan. I'm gonna go too. This is gonna be fun. Hi, everybody. Uh, anybody? Huh? I don't have one. Do you have one, Liz? <laughs> what the heck? Uh, I didn't come prepared for jokes. I did. Oh, Bradley did. <laughs> so here's the deal. Um, we lost the pad sound in the keyboard, so I'm just checking it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. Bradley. So, still hanging out up here. How's your, uh, <laughs> I was going to ask, um, you know, like, how's your day on a scale from one to ten, but there's a lot of you here. Um, but you could all scream it at the same time. Oh. Perfect. Here comes Kristen. Here I come. I just hit a lot of buttons and it worked. <laughs> so that was called problem solving. <laughs> wow. This is so fun, isn't it? Uh, so the basic podcast. We should have just had everyone get out their phones and go like follow it. But the basic podcast is a real thing. Uh, if you weren't here the last two weeks of Yes And, you should go back and listen to both Topher's and Derek's teachings. They were real great. And we recommend that. So you might not have known this, but this entire series called Yes And has been based out of two chapters in the book of Exodus, Exodus 14 and 15, where we find the Israelites, including Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, fleeing from Egypt, where they have been slaves for a very long time. And so their journey, as they escaped Egypt and have crossed over the Red Sea, has been really exhausting and chaotic and hard, 
But for whatever reason, before they left on this journey, before they left Egypt, Miriam decided to grab a tambourine. And we don't know why she grabbed a tambourine, but she did. And we know that she did because after they crossed the Red Sea, we find her singing and dancing and using this tambourine. And so when I first read this, this was like really profound for me. And I can't get this picture out of my mind where I just see Miriam walking day after day and night after night, holding this dang tambourine in her hand. And I can only imagine that it was to symbolize to her that like, yes, this is hard. This is a really hard journey. And there is joy too. And so tonight we're diving right back into this story. That was a spit bubble. Right back into this story after uh, being in that already two weeks. But tonight we're going to talk about what does it mean to live yes and within our community. Because God makes it very clear throughout all of scripture that community was his idea. And because he himself lives in community, have you guys thought about this before? That God, through the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, actually lives in community within himself. And so if God chooses to exist within community himself, how much more do we need to be in community with each other? And so lately, I've been reminded of how important I need, how the importance of community in my life. And I was reminded of this last Saturday when I was outside of my house standing on top of a ladder trying or attempting to put Christmas lights up on my gutters. And I was doing it all by myself. Because not only did I convince myself that standing on top of a six-foot ladder all by myself was super safe, I also convinced myself that no one actually wanted to help me when deep down I would have loved to share this really fun Christmas tradition with somebody. And so the end result of this was not good because I was sad and somehow I made Christmas lights look terrible. (laughs) It actually looks so bad and this picture like gives me more credit than what I deserve and I've refused to plug them in since because I'm so embarrassed. So I need people, right? I needed people to help me on Saturday. And we all need people in lots of different ways. And whether we like to maybe acknowledge this or not, we as a community are still navigating the impacts of living through a pandemic, as well as a culture full of political tension, social justice issues, and growing mental health concerns. Not to mention the deep pains and disappointments that exist within your own stories. And so I know a handful of your stories, but for some of you, maybe tonight you're remembering the fear of the future, or you're really homesick, or you just can't get away from that daily anxiety, or maybe one of your grandparents recently passed away, or maybe there's injustices that really hit close to home, not to mention the the never-ending papers and tests or tensions within friendships or roommates, or thoughts of being a burden or not being good enough, and the list goes on, right? And so last month, Andrea and I met with a UNI counseling director, and she shared this. She said, one in four college students or young adults are having suicidal thoughts and or ideations. And when I heard this, it shook me. Guys, in this room, one in four of us are having thoughts of what it would be like if we weren't here anymore. 
And I know this is like really heavy, and I mention this not to be a Debbie Downer, but I mention it because it's part of the reality that we live in today. And this stat reminded me that all the stuff that's going on, all the things I just mentioned and more, it's taking a toll on us. And it's not helpful to pretend that it's not impacting us in some way. Because maybe if you're not struggling in general, it might be your roommate or your coworker or a sibling or the person sitting next to you. And so this one stat, it's just one stat of many that points to our desperate need for community, for how we need one another. And so yes, I have personally felt the heaviness of this semester in a way that I haven't before. And joy is still here. And so for lots of reasons, uh, this idea, I'm gonna back up, joy is still here and I have experienced joy because of this community, right? This is something we can do together. And so most honest, where I find myself in yes and, is that I tend to be someone who naturally holds on to, yes, life is hard, without really putting much thought into and joy is here. And this is for lots of reasons in my life why this is really difficult for me. And I need people. I need community to remind me to hold space for joy. And some of you are really good at it. And so think about that for a second for yourself. Are you someone who holds tight to, yes, this, this is hard, often forgetting that joy is here too? And if that's you, God understands you, and we need you in this community. Or are you someone who tends to maybe ignore the fact that life can be hard sometimes, and instead you hold tight to, but joy is here. Do you find yourself holding tight to experiences that make you feel happy? Because maybe you are afraid of what could happen if you let yourself acknowledge the difficult things. God understands you, and we need you. And so wherever you may be today, we need you. This community needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. Because the kingdom of God is a place where the Holy Spirit actively moves in a way that stirs up hope and courage and comfort and peace and joy. And we get to be part of that. We all have a role in this kingdom of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. How do we live in this yes and through the context of community, knowing that we each play such a significant role in the kingdom of God? So Amanda is going to answer that for us. Your turn. Okay. So go ahead and open up your Bibles to Exodus 14 if you want to follow along. Moses, with the help of his brother and sister Miriam, are leading the Israelites out of Egypt, where after quite a bit of convincing, a.k.a. a bunch of plagues, uh, Pharaoh has just freed the Israelites from slavery. On their journey, God tells Moses to turn the Israelites around and to go camp along the shore of the Red Sea, saying, then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They're trapped in the wilderness. And once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. After this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. My personal response to this, if I was an Israelite, would be, LOL, okay, cool, yeah. 
sure we're tired and scared and exhausted and a little confused and you think this is a good idea. Why? You think it's a good idea for us to turn around and go back to where people want to kill us. Great. Yep. Mm-hmm. Awesome. But they do it. Moses turns them around and tells them to set up camp, and they do. Why? Why in this moment did Moses trust that this plan wasn't actually going to get them all killed? And why did they trust him? Maybe it's just the cynicism in me talking, but why on earth would they trust that they were not walking straight into and setting up camp in the place that they were about to die? This is Moses actively trusting God, relying on the truth of who God is and what he's promised, trusting who Moses knows God to be and who God has proven himself to be. And the Lord does exactly what he said he would. Pharaoh sent out all of his troops, like literally every resource that he had, he sent out, and they came to where the Israelites were camped next to the Red Sea. Obviously, the Israelites responded with terror. I mean, what else would you do when you think you're about to die? They get a little spicy with Moses, saying, why did you bring us out here in the wilderness to die? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? What have you done to us? Why did you make us leave? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than a corpse in the wilderness. And this is how Moses responds. Don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. No questions asked. Moses does what the Lord tells him to do. And the Lord does what he says he's going to. He puts a barrier between the Egyptian camp and the Israelite camp and then turns the sea into dry ground for the Israelites to cross. In those moments, all of the Israelites had to tuck themselves into the trust and the faith of Moses. So tucking in is something that I've found myself doing a lot in some really difficult times in my life. So let me explain a little bit what that phrase means. See, the Israelites didn't necessarily have the confidence in that moment to believe that the Lord would do what he was telling Moses he would. But the Israelites did trust Moses. And they trusted his relationship with the Lord. They trusted the one that they had relationship with. They trusted the one that was right in front of them. They trusted Moses. Tucking yourself in happens when you are present to someone else's confidence in the truth of who God is and what he's promised. Tucking yourself in happens when you are present to someone else's confidence in the truth of who God is and what he's promised us. There's a song that we sing here quite a bit called All Praise, and the bridge says these words, why should my heart grow weary? Don't be so downcast, oh my soul. You are in every moment. You are my greatest miracle. And there was a time last summer where I couldn't even bring myself to say those words out loud, let alone sing them with any sort of confidence. And during that time, I went with the worship team to Colorado to help serve backstage at Rocky Mountain High, which is like a big conference for high school students. And what this meant was that every day, at least twice, if not three times a day, I heard these words. 
I heard these words sung out with confidence by people that I love and deeply trust. These words that I couldn't say because I was tired. I was weary. I was downcast. And I didn't see God as present in my life, and I sure as heck didn't feel like he was my greatest miracle. See where this is going? I didn't have the faith or the belief or the hope or the remembrance of joy because I was so stuck in the middle of the muck of the yes. Yes, life sucks a lot right now. Yes, you feel like everything you're doing is pointless. Yes, you feel worthless. And yes, you feel like God doesn't actually care to be in your every moment. And I was able to tuck in. I was able to tuck into the confidence of these people that I trust so much to help me remember the joy. To help me carry the hope for the future and the trust that we can put in God because he is powerful and loving and good. Tucking yourself in happens when you are present to someone else's confidence in the truth of who God is and what he's promised us. And the tucking in didn't just happen in musical worship. It happened when we threw a banana peel around the merch table because I had forgotten to remember the little moments of joy. It happened when one of my friends brought me snacks late in the afternoon because I hadn't eaten yet that day. And it happened when Kristen sat up with me one night while I rambled about how sad and scared I was about what my future looked like after I graduated college. And then laughed with me because we had successfully locked ourselves out of our room where we were staying with like eight strangers at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. This is a good time. It was in the really tiny things that you'd maybe miss and that don't really seem to matter all that much. But in those moments, all of those people allowed me to tuck in. They held space for me to remember the joy, to remember the goodness, and not by doing anything or saying anything or even acknowledging that I was in the middle of what felt like a really big mess, but just by being there, by being physical reminders of the goodness of God. Can anybody relate to this? Catching just the slightest glimpse of God and the people around you when you can't see him anywhere else. So let's hop back into Exodus 15 again. The Israelites have crossed the Red Sea on dry ground, and the Egyptians, who were following them, close behind, were completely swept away as the waters of the sea came rushing back to where they belonged. And what did they do when they came out the other side? Moses led them in song, singing, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider he has thrown into the sea. Remember this one, because we're going to circle back in a second. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider he has thrown into the sea. Moses stopped and responded with joy. A few weeks ago, when Topher taught here at BASIC, he defined joy as coming from knowing who we are and whose we are, as having hope for the future and a trust that we are in the hands of a loving and powerful and good God. And we are able to have joy because of exactly what verse 14 says, the Lord will fight for you, just stay calm. That's why we're able to respond with joy because we are able to trust a loving and powerful and good God who will fight for us. Miriam and the Israelites let Moses carry the faith, 
They trusted him and his relationship with the Lord and rejoiced with him through singing at the unexpected victory that they were in. The Lord will fight for you. Just stay calm. They tucked in. They held space for living in the yes and. Yes, they were scared and they still chose to trust. Yes, every part of the Israelite story feels chaotic, like at any point the Israelites could be done for, and we still see God fighting for his people. Yeah, life is really hard sometimes, and you won't always have the strength or the courage to confidently sing the songs that we're supposed to pray, sing the songs that we're supposed to sing, or pray the prayers that we're supposed to pray, or believe the things about God that we know are supposed to be true. And we can still be reminded of the joy of who God is. That we are in the hands of a loving and powerful and good God by tucking into the confidence of the people around us. Back to the Israelites. In chapter 15, verse 20, we see Miriam's response. Then Miriam the prophet Aaron's sister took a tambourine and led all the women as they played their tambourines and danced. And Miriam sang this song, sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. She leads the community in singing and dancing and worshiping the Lord with the exact same song that Moses had just led them in. Sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both the horse and the rider into the sea. She tucked into Moses' faith and belief and allowed him to hold space for rejoicing in the midst of the mess and in doing so, allowed others to tuck into her. Now you might be wondering how the rest of the Israelite community responded to this sudden tambourining and singing and dancing. Yeah, me too, I wish I knew, that's a good question. <laughs> I would imagine some were like, what the heck, Miriam? We just went through this horrible experience and we're still in the wilderness. And you want to stand here and pull out your tambourines. She had multiple tambourines. <laughs> and sing and dance. No thank you. And some would probably be like, heck yeah, let's party. <laughs> Definitely couldn't be me though. <laughs> Ultimately, we don't know exactly how the Israelites responded, but we do know that she led them in singing to the Lord. And they joined in with her. Just as she tucked herself into the trust and the belief that Moses had, they tucked themselves into her. Into her faith, into her trust, and into her recognizing that in the midst of the most uncertain and troubling time in their lives, they could stop for a second and rejoice. The Hebrew word used here for dancing is pronounced mehola which means a token of joyousness after victory. Miriam could have held space here for a lot of different things, for fighting, for grieving, for telling Moses and Aaron how stupid they were, for leading them out into the wilderness, but instead, she chose to see the victory and to hold space for joy. And it's not that she chose to negate the pain and the hardship, it's that she chose to hold space for both to recognize the victory that did come in the midst of the struggle, and she responded with a token of joyousness. 
When we choose to pay attention to the little moments of joy in the middle of pain, it changes our outlook. When we recognize the space for joy in the middle of hardship, we foster hope. And not just hope for ourselves or for the person standing right next to us, but we can foster hope for our whole community. And that doesn't mean that everything becomes easy because it doesn't. It doesn't mean that all of the pain or fill in the blank thing that you're going through is magically fixed. But it does remind us that there is good, that we have a hope for the future and that we are in the hands of a loving and present and powerful God. So how? How do we live in the yes and in this way? How do we let someone carry our hope, carry our joy, carry our trust and faith when we don't quite know if we can? Well, first it takes us letting people in. I'm super guilty of not doing this, just feeling like it's better if I keep it all to myself, if I don't share how I'm feeling or what I'm going through or processing. Anybody else relate to that? The truth is that we need people. We need to be able to be vulnerable enough to trust, to accept help, and to tuck ourselves into the confidence of others. And this doesn't mean basing all of our trust in people or putting them up on a pedestal and thinking that they have it all together or that they're doing life perfectly. It doesn't mean that. But what it does mean is that we are present to someone else's confidence in the truth of who God is. And we allow that to remind us of that truth too. The second part of this is to understand that it's already happening. People are there whether we see them or not. People are waiting and willing to carry some hope for you, to carry some joy, to carry some faith and trust that you might not know if you can, sometimes if they don't even know it. It might be subtle, but it's there. And the more we become aware of it, the more we're able, we are able to notice the Holy Spirit actively working in our lives. We notice the Holy Spirit in the person in front of us in line at Starbucks who pays for our coffee. We notice the Holy Spirit in a high five with a junior high student on a Wednesday night at Chaos. We notice the Holy Spirit in our friends when they bring us food after a day of not eating. And we notice the Holy Spirit in the laughter of the people we love and care about. The more we notice it, the more we are able to take a second to breathe, to hold space for joy in the midst of what might feel like an impossible scenario. Just as we, like Miriam, need to tuck ourselves into others, others, like the Israelites, need to tuck themselves into us. And we might not even know exactly what we're doing or why we're doing it, but it matters. Sometimes I don't have the confidence to sing some of the words of the songs that we sing here at Basic, but like Miriam did with Moses, I can tuck myself into the confidence of everyone here who can sing those words. And you might not be able to dance like a fool or sing at the top of your lungs, but there are people here who can. And it's okay to look at them and to take a breath and to recognize that there is good. And just because you can't say it or believe it or do it right now doesn't mean that it's always going to be this way. I can't always look outside and see nature and say that God is present and good and working, especially this time of year. But I can look at people who go outside and see the beauty of snowfall and frozen bodies of water and bare trees and be reminded that even though it looks like everything is dying, everything is actually full of life. 
And there's probably a lot of fish to catch, right, Elliot? (laughs) (laughs) Or you might be able to do those things, and that is so important. Keep doing it. That's why we gather. Whether it's here at basic or in life groups or at dinner with your friends on a random Tuesday night, we gather to support each other, to remind each other, and to foster hope together. You might be carrying joy for someone in super simple, super normal ways. Someone that you don't even know needed it or wanted it. And that's what the kingdom of God looks like. It looks like us leaning on each other. It looks like us tucking into each other and remembering the joy that we have and the hope that we can find in the middle of the yes and. Did you guys hear what she just said? This is what the kingdom of God looks like. It looks like us leaning on each other. It looks like us tucking into each other and remembering the joy that we have and the hope that we have in the middle of the yes and. And something that I love about that Amanda just shared is that this isn't rocket science, right? We're not reinventing the wheel of community but instead we get to pay attention to how the Holy Spirit is already at work as we care for those around us and allow ourselves, sometimes in new ways, hopefully in new ways, to tuck into others and allow others to tuck into us. And there is something so spiritually deep about choosing to do this together, to choosing to doing life together in this way as we, as a community, hold space for the Holy Spirit to stir up hope and freedom and peace and comfort and kindness and dancing and joy, that's the type of community that we're meant to be. That's the kingdom of God. And so we're gonna enter a time of reflection and we have three reflection questions we would like for you to think about. And the first question is, what is one way you have been reminded of the joy of who God is this week. And so for me, on Monday, one of my friends had a baby, and it was so fun to celebrate with her. But also on Monday, Lexi gave me a hug, and it was incredible. (laughs) Such joy on a Monday. So that's what it looked like for me, but maybe for you, it's a really good meal that you ate in Piazza, or it's an unexpected conversation you had with a friend. The second question we have is, what does tucking in look like for you right now? For me, after this, I'm gonna go and make a list in my phone of two or three people that I really trust, that I really trust in their com- and have confidence in who they know God to be. And I'm gonna text one of them tonight and, remind, and ask them to remind me to take my medication in the morning so I can tuck into their confidence. And so maybe for you, tonight, tucking in could look like noticing that courage that's already in you and walking over to the prayer team that are, they're gonna be at these three lamps and maybe saying that thing out loud that you haven't told anyone. Or maybe it just looks like receiving prayer or encouragement or a hug from the prayer team tonight. Maybe that's what tucking in looks like. And the third thing we want you to think about is how can you help someone else tuck in? For me, I'm reminded that I'm actually already doing this in lots of ways. 
but one of the ways I do this is by paying attention to the meaningful conversations as I feel this nudge to like go to the bathroom during work and have a conversation on the way there or the way back. The Holy Spirit's in that. Can I just pay attention? My encouragement to you is that you are already doing this. You're doing this as you buy ice cream for a friend or as you invite a crew to play basketball together late at night. Or maybe tonight you are going to do this as we sing together and you're able to confidently sing these words and the person next to you isn't. And the fact that you can sing so confidently is exactly what they need and as they tuck into you even tonight. So we're gonna take a few minutes to think about these questions. And then the band's gonna lead us as we sing more about who God is and what he's promised us. And friends, don't miss this. The Holy Spirit is at work right here, right now, for you. And the kingdom of God is not far away, but it's right here, right now in this community. It's here.